Welcome to the Sports Experience. Da-da-da. Welcome to the Sports Experience podcast. And today we're going to be doing something different today. We'll be doing a little mini documentary here. And, you know, every franchise revolves around and relies on their starting quarterback. Finding a great one can make or break a franchise and their success to come. If a team is able to uh, is able to either draft or stumble upon a great quarterback in free agency, the entire future and luck of the franchise is changed, and in some cases can affect the team's success in future years. There are many cases of teams stumbling onto their future franchise quarterback, and many more cases of teams strategically positioning themselves to grab their quarterback of the future. Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes are just a few of the many quarterbacks who have been clear-cut best at their position, or maybe not so clear-cut, and because teams took a chance on them, they have blossomed into stardom. However, there have always been great college quarterbacks who never panned out in the NFL after entering with very high hopes and very high expectations, but it's good to examine why they didn't pan out and what led them astray on their path to the Lombardi Trophy. This is the first edition of what happened? And it's the quarterback's edition. And it's my job as the volunteer junior detective of the United States Detective Agency, which is the real thing, and figure out what is wrong with these what went wrong with these quarterbacks. We have four quarterbacks on the table today. Ryan Dayleaf, Robert Lee Griffin the third, Jamarcus Trinnell Russell, and Jonathan Paul Manzel. So let's put on our detective hats, grab our case files, and investigate these athletes. Let's begin with investigating one of the recent cases of downfall in quarterbacks, young Jonathan Paul Manziel. As you can see, I have his case files going right now, and I've done some pretty thorough research in terms of who he's like and what contributed to his downfall. Now, Manziel began his illustrious yet turmoil-filled career with Texas A&M, where he instantly became a breakout star, becoming the first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy. And as a result, he was nicknamed Johnny Football, and trademarked that phrase as well with his weird hand gesture. Um, he couldn't possibly go wrong. However, there was a good, a good bit of criticism for the young man, which some would come true and would contribute to his early demise. Let's look at a few of the factors that contributed to his demise and what probably happened to him. Number one, he refused to study film. Every single player in the NFL has to study film. It is probably very important. But unlike taking Payne Manning's approach to it, Manziel decided to rely purely on his ability rather than studying his opponents, a clear sign of overconfidence. He decided to prioritize partying rather than studying film. Definitely not very good. Number two, he was too eager to run, which means uh, he was too eager to scramble. In Texas A&M, he, taking off and running was acceptable. Running was a good thing, especially with the bigger fields. But in the NFL, however, in the NFL, coaches know how to scheme and plan and they're so much more advanced that they're able to stop a quarterback who will take off and run. Number three, the offensive system in which he came from. In college, Jonathan Minzo relied on a coach's system known as Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury made a system called the Air Raid Offense, or at least he popularized it. This is Cliff Kingsbury right now. Now, the Air Raid Offense is a lot different 
than uh, everyone else. This made Patrick Mahomes very popular in Texas Tech, who Kiss Kingsbury also coached. Now, in college, the fo- the fields are much bigger, and it's a very it's a spread formation, which plays to the college's huge field, uh, as well as the fact that they are there's a lot more room for wide receivers to work with, as you can see right there. In short, uh, the quarterbacks don't really have to go through a lot of reading the defenses, instead relying on athleticism, which Menzel did, and receivers to get open on a bigger field. Number four, he had behavioral issues. Now, we've already talked about this, but remember in Menzel's freshman season in 2012, also a pretty big movie? Well, in June, he was arrested for carrying a fake ID and fighting. In 2013, he was booted from the Manning Passing Academy for missing multiple meetings. The following month, he was investigated for his allegedly signing autographs while being paid for money. Like, so he was being paid to sign autographs. He also was photographed um, with a wild partying style with, as you can see, a bottle of champagne. And he was waving money in his hands and shouting. Now, it is worth mentioning that the media did not always portray him in the best life here. Now, around this time, he was photographed with a rolled up $20 bill, which is a way of smoking drugs. I know it doesn't sound like a real thing, but it's very suspicious in this detective eyes. Uh, he was also fined for missing team meetings, and he was fined for flipping off the Redskins bench. I am not going to show that, because uh, when I found the video, I was like, what? He resorted back to his partying ways, definitely causing a very clear distraction. He then entered rehab to hopefully give himself help. He would only start six more games after that and never again play another down in the in the National Football League. Now, it's clear that a number of factors played into his dumpster fire of a career. A wild parting style, a refusal to study film, an extreme, extreme overconfidence and ego, as well as not really understanding or taking responsibility for his actions. Also, uh, not very familiar with the system that would help him in the NFL, with the air raid system. It would not help him for the NFL. In a, a below-average arm talent, a reluctance to participate in team meetings, combined with an awful Browns team, probably means he will never play in the NFL again. Let's move on to RG3. Uh, his real name is Robert Griffin III, but by my case files, he says he goes by RG3. Now, Mr. Griffin is a very unique case. The man seemed to have all the talent in the world. Then, uh, then he just flopped. Uh, it was a rapid demise. To, to figure out why he failed, I have to go back to his rookie season in 2012, where, as you can see, he started 15 games, 3 for 3,200 yards, and 20 touchdown passes, along with a completion percentage of 65% and only throwing for 5 touchdowns. He won the Rookie of the Year award and was poised to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation. This added on to his accolades where he won in college the Heisman Trophy. He led the Redskins, which was the team that drafted him second overall, to their first playoff berth in a couple years, in many years. However, it did not come with its limitations. He tore his ACL and his LCL along with his meniscus. In 2014, he, in 2013, he was back, but he didn't really do so good. Um... It was definitely a downfall, considering he threw 12 interceptions, he declined in play, and the nagging flaws were starting to become clear. He could not be a pocket passer. Um, then, he started deflecting blame to his teammates. He suffered another knee injury, and was eventually replaced by Kirk Cousins, his backup, due to disputes with head coach Jay Gruden after they fired his former head coach. Now, he had very questionable work ethic, just like Johnny Menzel. 
He was then released and went to the Cleveland Browns, where he injured him his knee again and eventually was released after that. Definitely not good. So he's now a backup for Lamar Jackson on the Baltimore Ravens. So how did Robert Griffin III go from one of the most spectacular rookie seasons to back up behind a quarterback who will almost never come off the field? Well, a number of factors played to this result. A combination of poor worth ethic. Poor work ethic and uh, many infighting between coaches and team, and his inability to become a po- pocket passer, along with many injury problems and inability to take criticism and responsibility, infighting with the Washington coaching staff and infighting with his teammates all contributed to his downfall. Now, let's move on to the next quarterback being investigated Ryan David Leaf. Now, Ryan Leaf entered the league with humongous expectations put on his shoulders. There were a lot of people expecting him to be the next big thing. However, his career started out with a good bit of controversy. Now, in the draft that he participated in, which was the 1988 draft, there was a very big debate in the media, with each side taking taking sides and shooting at the other through the media, in a very big debate, and it was known as the 1988 draft. Uh, The big debate was between deciding on Peyton Manning, which we all know is the better pick, or Ryan Leaf. Now, in the 1988 draft, the Colts had the first selection. The Chargers had the second. Now, due to Ryan Leaf's public disdain for the for Indianapolis, the Colts chose Peyton Manning, and the Chargers chose Ryan Leaf. That wasn't the only reason they chose him. For one thing, Ryan Leaf displayed very big con- confidence, telling Vikings offensive coordinator at the time after a preseason, I don't know all what all the fuss is about NFL defenses. I've seen about everything they can throw at me, and it's no big deal. This is much confidence and arrogance being displayed from a person who has not faced a regular season defense yet. Unfortunately, Leaf never faced, uh, never got the chance to be confronted with better coaching. He injured his arm early, causing him to miss the entire 1999 season. This severely impacted his arm strength. Leaf struggled wildly, and the team performed abysmally the following season. In 2001, he suffered another wrist injury, which effectively ruined his career. Uh, then, he slipped into the lap of addiction as he became hooked on prescription pills. He would later be in trouble with the law and was recently arrested for domestic abuse after t- trying to turn his life around. But after this investigation, but this investigation isn't really what uh, what happened before your downward spiral. I mean, after your downward spiral is what happened before your downward spiral. Leave exhibited character issues along with overconfidence, telling a porter to not effing talk to him. Leaf described himself to be, at the time, manipulative, narcissistic, deceitful, and a thief. So, in the end of it all, injuries, inadequate coaching, really, well, inadequate doctor, because they misdiagnose his injuries, uh, behavioral issues, all boiled into one huge pot known as Ryan Leaf, and eventually that pot exploded, causing him to be remembered as one of the biggest draft busts in NFL history, and some might say, in sports history. All right, let's investigate our final quarterback, Jamarcus Russell. Now, Jamarcus Russell may be the most intriguing quarterback on this list. He had an excellent arm talent and the size to back it up. He garnered praise from top analysts and coaches alike. He got a lot of people praising him. He got, uh, he got even coach head coach John Gruden. John Gruden, uh, he said about Jamarcus Russell when asked after his pro day, he said the workout Russell had was Star Wars. It was unbelievable. 
Then it also had Todd McShay saying, I can't remember being in such awe of a quarterback in my decade of attending combines and pro days. Russell's passing session was the most impressive of all pro days I've seen. Now, Russell um, did not have a very good career start. He didn't get off to a good start because it started out with a contract dispute, which caused him to miss every single game of training camp or every single aspect of training camp. In total, Russell only played 31 games for the Raiders in total. There were only, and those were the only games he played in the NFL. Unfortunately, when he entered the league, he never demonstrated the worth, worth work ethic required to be a standout quarterback in the NFL. In his first season, he played four games, and he did okay. Not amazing, but certainly not number one overall draft pick caliber material. But hey, he was out of practice just because he missed training camp. He'd do better in the second season, everyone would say. Well, he didn't. Unfortunately, he had a bad case of fumbleitis, something Daniel Jones is currently infected with right now. It typically affects running backs and wide receivers, but it current and unfortunately infected Jamarcus Russell. It's a very contagious disease. He fumbled 25 total times in his career, 12 times in his second season, showing no improvement from his rookie season where he fumbled four times. Next year, he showed up to training camp severely overweight, clocking in at an amazing 305 pounds. He'd sit on the bench for a couple of the team's games, playing in 12 of them. He would fumble nine times while throwing 11 interceptions. In total, he would add an interception to touchdown ratio of 23 to 18. Not something you'd want out of a number one overall draft pick. He released the filing year and has not played a down in the NFL since. So what happened to him? Well, I think there's a clear factor that points to his demise. Missing training camp his first year. That was huge, in my opinion, because he missed valuable time to be learning the offensive system and his teammates. Oh, and he also did not have the worth of ethic to be an NFL quarterback, considering he was once 305 pounds. That's huge for an NFL quarterback. So in the end, worth ethic, a contract dispute, as well as a turnover bug, all contributed to Jamarcus Russell's downfall. Well, that's the end of this mini-documentary. As you can see, uh, my search results have shown that I'm getting a lot of recommendations for what happened to series from YouTube. However, this was a really fun thing to make. I can't wait to... I'll probably be making more. Uh, it took a while to make. It took three days, so I hope it panned out in the end. Unlike these quarterback careers, what a smooth analogy, I used a lot of articles and a couple of videos to research for this video, so check them out in the description where I have linked all my sources down below. Thanks for sticking with this video. I plan on doing more of these, so when there isn't a lot of sports news, so stay tuned for more mini-documentaries. Thanks for watching and listening. Thank you so much for participating on the Disney ride that I like to call a podcast, The Sports Experience. Cheers!